Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And now, and now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, news-making interviews with your favorite rock and metal artist. Hope you're all having a great week, and thank you for subscribing and listening to the podcast, which, of course, is new every Thursday on all of your Favorite podcast platforms, just search for my name and it'll come up. Well, you probably already did that since you are listening. So thank you for doing so. Be sure to follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, and be sure to listen if you are a SiriusXM subscriber to my daily radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and is heard Monday through Friday on a new channel, Faction Talk. That's SiriusXM channel 103. You can hear me there live daily talking rock and bringing you rock news and interviews 3 to 5 Eastern every day. That's, of course, noon to 2 Pacific. Do the conversions in your time zone. And I hope you come on board and join me for the uh, the daily radio show if you're in the U.S. or Canada, if you're not listening already. Hope you do so. You can always listen to anything you want from the radio show if you can't listen in the live window by going to the SiriusXM app and putting Trunk Nation, two words, in the search bar, past shows, interviews, and more. Everything you hear on this podcast originated on my live radio show on Sirius XM. If you're only listening to the podcast, you're only getting a tiny fraction of what I do on a daily basis on the radio. Uh, we've got a great double header for you this week. Two lead singers, one that's been at it for 50 years, one that's been at it just shy of 40 years, both currently still on tour. We'll let uh, seniority go first. <laughs> we'll start with Kevin Cronin. Kevin, of course, is the lead singer of Ario Speedwagon and has been in that gig since, I think, around 1972. He, of course, uh, is the writer and singer on one of the biggest songs of all time, one of the first power ballads ever, Keep On Loving You. And Kevin uh, tells us a really funny story about that that will really hit you when you hear it. Uh, so get ready for some great stuff from Kevin Cronin. Ario Speedwagon currently on tour in amphitheaters across America as we speak on a co-headlining tour with Sticks. Kevin is a great guy and a regular listener of my radio show, which I appreciate. And it was great to visit with him recently for a few minutes. So we'll tee him up first. And then second, a guy that's currently out there fronting Poison on the long-awaited stadium tour, has a few more dates left in it. Brett Michaels joins me. Uh, Brett made a lot of news in the interview you'll hear in this podcast when he talked about the fact that he does not anticipate doing anything again with Poison until 2015 
and exclusively announced something he's putting together for next year or two that he's calling Party Gras. And this really was a big story when he said this on my show because uh, I think a lot of people thought that maybe Poison would kick into action and do a lot more work coming off of the stadium tour where they are getting rave reviews. But Brett very much on his own path and has a plan for his solo band to do this special event. So we talk a little bit about that and more. It was great to visit with him. Two good guys, two old friends, and it was great to have them both on the show. Of course, these interviews happened on separate days, but they're both around a week or two old. So very, very relevant. And again, both bands currently on tour. So you have a chance to check them out and listen to this interview. Good timing. Uh, again, at Eddie Trunk on social media, eddietrunk.com is the website. And a quick note, if you're in Tennessee or Tulsa, I'll be seeing you this weekend. I got some road work starting. And uh, this weekend, Thursday and Friday, I'll be at Monsters on the Mountain in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Thursday for the pre-party, Friday to host day one of that event, which is three days long. I'll also be doing my Sirius XM show with some guests from that event on Thursday and Friday. And then Saturday, I head over to Tulsa, where I'll be there to host an evening at the BOK Center featuring a rare headline set from Poison, along with special guests Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns. That show nearly sold out. So if you're in the Tulsa area, be sure to get your tickets in advance and come see us this Saturday. And then from there, it's Rocklahoma, a bunch of other great stuff. Again, follow on social media. I will indeed keep you updated on all of those platforms and hope to see you at these events if you are attending. We will uh, start out right now. Let's get right to it. First up, Kevin Cronin, Brett Michaels a little bit later on. Here's how the conversation with Kevin went on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Uh, going to welcome to the show now a last-minute addition to the program today, but it's always great to visit with him, and he's a regular listener as well. Uh, Kevin Cronin of Ario Speedwagon joins me right now. Kevin, how are you, bud? Good, Eddie. Well, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very confused. I'm trying to figure out uh, where you are and what's going on at, at, at XM Volume. Uh, but, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just tuning in every day and trying to trying to follow the story. It's uh, it's it's very very exciting. <laughs> well, well, it's very simple for this. I can tell you for this show, if you're looking for it, it's just an hour later and it's on 103 instead of 106 now, and then everything will be on the app. And yeah, I know it's tough during transition, but same show, everything's the same. Same thing. Me babbling about rock. Just an hour later and three notches down on 103. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Gotcha. Yeah, I was listening Thursday, uh, you know, when you kind of made the announcement. And then yesterday I was in my car and I just turned turned on the car and, and it was you know, it was already on 106 volume. And there you were. And I'm listening. I'm like, wait a minute. He's not supposed to be there, but you were, and it was live. So, all right. So, yeah, so, for a little uh, while, for a little while, it'll be, yeah, for a little while, it'll be on both because until the, everyone picks up on the transition. So it's kind of, it, it's kind exactly. of a simulcast at the moment, but eventually we're pushing everybody here because eventually it'll only be here. So that's the idea. But thank you that's for caring, Kevin. Right, and thank good. you for, thank <laughs> you for listening and caring and checking your preset. I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> How you been, man? You got a little break. Yeah. How was the first leg of the tour? Well, we've done, uh, Eddie, it has been uh, incredible. We've done two legs. We did a Midwest run. We started out with a Midwest run, which, of course, that is REO and Sticks country there. You know, those, those are the people that go back to the early 70s with our band. So when we come through and 
play St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit, you know, all those real heartland Indianapolis cities. Uh, you know, it, the, it's always amazing. This year was off the charts. I mean, the, we had, you know, 19,000 people in St. Louis. I mean, it, it was just, it's just been um, so uh, great. Just That's all I can say. But I mean, of course, you know, the, you know, we got the, the COVID uh, resurgence, which makes our, you know, which makes life a, a little less fun because we can't do meet and greets. We can't have any guests backstage. So that's a little for us. That's that's really weird because we're a very social band. But, uh, you know, but we're we're dealing with it. And uh, so the first leg was great. Second leg, um, you know, ended with. Uh, we were in Phoenix and, and Reno comes up to me and he's like, man, he goes, you know, my throat's feeling a little, a little raspy, a little dry. I'm like, Mike, it's 104 degrees at, at eight o'clock at night. We're in Phoenix. Of course your voice is going to be a little dry, but sure enough, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the vid caught him. And so, uh, but, but they'll be back. They are going, they are going to be with us uh, starting in uh, Virginia Beach on Friday night and, and, uh, and on as far as we can tell. So, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. So I was going to ask you about that because the bill is, is REO and Sticks co-headlining and then Loverboy opening the shows. How many shows did Loverboy miss because Mike Reno had COVID? Uh, how, how, many did, how many shows did it cost them? Yeah, it wasn't just Reno. I mean, Maddie, their drummer. I mean, I, I, it, oh. it kind of it, it must have just got into their tour bus or something. But you know, right. um, but uh, fortunately, fortunately, it was the last weekend of the tour. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it, but of course, you know, at least there was only three shows that they missed, three Texas shows, and uh, so we we literally found out the afternoon of the of the Austin show on Friday, and I'm like. God, what in that? I was, you know, I love those guys. I, I will tell you that I that whenever we close, you know, we close half the shows and and the middle side in half. So when we close, I'm free when Loverboy goes on. And Eddie, I swear to God, I I'm I'm out there every night. Like they're just so much fun to watch, and they're such just great guys. You know, four to five original members, Reno singing like like you know he, he he's ageless that that voice it's so amazing and and uh so 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 i love it every night so when i heard that they weren't going to be there you know i'm just like god what could i do you know i felt kind of helpless and then i thought wait a minute so i got to the gig got the boys together in our practice room backstage and we worked up an arrangement of working on the of working for the weekend and we <laughs> closed our shows all those three nights with the with with the Loverboy Classic, and so I think the crowd, you know, I didn't want the crowd leaving feeling like, oh man, you know, we we, we you know we, we paid for a three act show, we only got two, you know, but uh, so we tried to, and Lawrence, uh, you know, Lawrence Gowan from Sticks during his yeah. little classical piano solo interlude, he did uh, he did the chorus of Love and Every Minute of it, so it was, you know, so we both p- paid tribute to the to the Loverboys, and and that's. That that tells you what kind of tour this is. You know, it's just a it's a real brotherhood type uh, situation. So, and and the crowd, of course, the crowd is the ultimate winner because everybody's in a good mood. So we go out and and you play better. You know. Well, and and, and between the three bands, I, I mean, obviously REO and Sticks, uh, you've you've done a lot of work together over the years, and obviously two great bands, as you mentioned, from that area. 
of the country with uh, so many great songs and still great performances and how well uh, Tommy and, and Lawrence sing and how great they, you know, just killer. I mean, I've seen them many, many times, you guys as well. Yeah. And Loverboy being on there, I thought was a really cool thing to, to round out that bill because I think you're right. I think people forget how many big songs they had. They have a lot of big songs as well. And, you know, they had a lot of issues the last few years with COVID being Canadian. They were on about two or three different events I was supposed to do in the last year or two. And every time they had to cancel because they couldn't get over the border, they couldn't get in and out of the country, COVID restrictions. So now it sucks for them that they finally got here. They finally get on a great tour with you guys and it still cost them some dates. But as you said, hopefully they can bounce back and pick up with you on Friday. No, they are, they are, you know, we, we spoke to them today and they are uh, definitely going to be there Friday. They're feeling good. You know, they, they missed a weekend and then there was a 10 day break. So they've had a full two weeks to, uh, for everyone to get back, uh, back into it. So, so they'll be there. And, and uh, yeah, it's, um, they are, they're wonderful. And, and the great part about it, Eddie, is the whole partnership between Ario and Sticks. You know, there up until the year 2000, Ario and Sticks had never done a show together, and you know we played with every other band on the planet, right? But for some reason, never Sticks, and and it was uh, Tommy Shaw and I met just randomly backstage at a at a, at a, a rock and roll quiz show that that used to be on VH1, and we just started talking. We took our wives out to dinner, and then we're like you know, we've never played together. Why don't we try it? And so ever since that moment, you know, Ariel and Strix, I think this is our fifth major tour with them. And, but I, but what my point is that it came, didn't come from promoters or, or managers or agents. It came from the bands. It came from the guys in the bands wanting to work together. And, and that, it, I, all I can tell you is that that has really, uh, you know, cemented this partnership and, and the same thing happened with Loverboy. Reno and I, you know, we had done a few dates over the years. I, you know, I said hello to him. But in uh, in 2018, Ian Gillen of Deep Purple, myself, and Reno uh, did a tour of Europe, fronting a symphony orchestra. You know, playing our tunes with a with a German uh, rhythm section and a and a like a 60 piece orchestra. So I spent a month with Reno and just, you know, we we uh, we we. We had a night of grappa in uh, in southern Germany that uh, that mm. bonded us forever. And, uh, <laughs> when when we got to the lobby the next day, fortunately we had a day off. Reno was unrecognizable, so I can tell you, I walked right past him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but he's just a great guy, and so that's kind of where the Loverboy edition came from. It was like, wow, wouldn't that be awesome? And and it is. I mean, you know, to have, you know, to, Loverboy plays working for the weekend and 15 minutes later, because our crews are so amazing, they, they turn the stage over and it's either us or Sticks. And what, I mean, what could be a better song to, to follow than every, because everyone's on their feet. Like you say, their whole show, 45 minutes of, of songs. And it's one of those things where you go, oh yeah, that one. And then they and then they play it. Then the next one, oh yeah, that one. You know, they they've got a million songs that you know. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Kevin, for you personally, going out there with REO and doing this, I mean, I know it's your passion. I know you've been doing it like fifty years. It's just incredible. You still do it well. But how do you feel like? 
doing this so long, do you still get up for touring like you once did? Is it, are there challenging aspects of it being older and being at this point in your life, being on the road? How do you feel vocally about singing some of the old stuff? Is, is it still, is some of it become challenging for you or are you still pretty comfortable with it? Well, I tell you, I, my son Shane uh, just uh, graduated uh, with, a, with a degree in vocal music from USC here in, in Los Angeles. And he, he had a, a vocal professor by the name of Jeffrey Allen. And he would tell me, Dad, you got to work with Jeffrey, man. He'll change your life, you know. And, and Shane has got, <clears throat> pardon me, Shane's got an amazing singing, natural singing voice. But I saw over the years he was getting better and stronger. And so finally, I, you know, I kind of relented and I, I contacted Jeffrey. And for the past almost two years now, I've been studying with uh, with a with a real vocal coach kind of for the first time in my life and and my son was right it has changed my life Eddie I uh, you know I I I see Jeffrey at least twice a week I see him in the afternoon of show days and we work stuff out and you know I'm still you know it's a new way of looking at uh, the instrument kind of, you know, I'm singing like he changed a, a lot, but, but it's now it's making sense. And I, you know, I, I don't lose my voice anymore. I, you know, I can, I'm literally enjoying singing as opposed to like going out on stage every night, hoping that it works, you know? So, uh, so, so this tour has been as a singer, my favorite tour ever. Um, you know, I, I, I stay healthy, you know, I, I, you know, I'm pretty, pretty well disciplined as far as, you know, exercise and, and, you know, good eating and, and stuff like that. So I'm still, you know, I, I can still move around up there, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and especially a tour like this, where you got 15,000 people a night out there singing along to every song, they, there's so much energy, you know, we're putting out energy by playing the song, but, you hear 15,000 people singing it back at you, man. It just, uh, there's nothing quite like it, you know? So, so we get energized by the crowd. Uh, you know, the only challenge is just being away from home and the travel and, and, you know, now we get monkey pox, which supposedly you got to be careful in, in hotels. I'm like, Oh, great. You know, uh. so now I got to wear gloves when I, you know, in my hotel room, it's like, Oh, gee. but, uh, it's always something. That, you, know, <laughs> you know, we're, uh, yeah, it's always something, but but I'm I'm having a great time out there, Eddie. I mean, you know, the, uh, you know, everybody in Sticks, everybody in Loverboy, I love all these guys. All the crews get along great. It's a it's a well oiled machine, and it's fun, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it couldn't be going better for us. So um, yeah, all good. Well, I'm looking at the at the set list from I guess what was the last show before the break, Houston. And you can see more it on the dates and all of this at reospeedwagon.com. But you know, running down that set list, you got four songs from High Infidelity, which of course is now past 40 years old, which is crazy because I remember we talked about the 30th anniversary of that. And then you've got, and you, you know, yeah, when you look at these songs, whether it's uh, Taken on the Run, one of my favorites, and Time for Me to Fly, and of course Keep on Loving You, and Roll with the Changes, and all the great REO hits, yeah, I mean, you're still delivering them great. And I think it's really interesting that at this point in your career, that you've gone and uh, and looked at things to do with your voice uh, to to become a better singer because. 
most people would think, well, after 50 years, I mean, the guy's got it figured out, but there are changes. It's such a physical thing. And, you know, I just uh, was talking to a friend of mine that works for Aerosmith and they're getting ready to gear up in September. And uh, he was saying to me, he goes, you know, yes, Stephen is healthy and he's gotten cleaned up and he's actually taking singing lessons to get ready for the tour. And then that, and I, I'm like, well, Steven Tyler take now taking singing lessons. And then Getty Lee on the last rush tour. I'll never forget it. I was sitting back after the show and talking to him. And I said to him, I said, Ged, you're sounding better on this last, on this tour than I remember hearing you ever. And he's like, well, yeah, I learned some things. I made some changes. I remember he told me he cut dairy out on show days and that helped his voice. So I guess you never stop learning and the challenges of being a singer because it's such a, a physical instrument. It's your voice. That that you're always going to evolve and learn new stuff, and it, it's it's interesting to hear that that you're you're doing that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you either you either do or you don't, and I think the singers that that you see kind of falling by the wayside for whatever reason, it's it you know it, it's hard it, it's hard it, you know to be in your sixties and and kind of revamping the whole way you think about singing, which is what I've been doing for the for the past couple of years. And, you know, it's so it's a challenge and, you you know, you got to be up for it. But man, oh, man, I, I will tell you that um, the the rewards of it are I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. I mean, I just uh, like I say, I'm I'm it turns out that singing is actually quite enjoyable. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, Kevin, I love to sing. I just don't let anybody hear me do it because nobody needs to hear me do it because I'm just, awful. Uh, <laughs> I'll introduce you. I'll introduce you to Jeffrey, Eddie. This could be a he whole new he thing wouldn't have a chance you, with you know? me. He wouldn't have a chance. He would be like, you know what? You should be lip syncing, pal. You should be lip syncing because you. <laughs> but I do it in big crowds when, like, a professional like you is singing over a big PA, so nobody can actually hear what's coming out of my mouth. So if I come see REO and you kick nice. into. You kick in to ride in the storm out or, or roll with the changes, you'll see me singing. You just won't be able to hear it, thank God. Nice. <laughs> now, if you look at the very bottom of that Houston set list, you'll see you'll you'll see our closing song. Working for the weekend, are, I are see you it. Seeing that at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually, we actually put it on the set list, and, and I took a picture of it and sent it to Reno. He, he, and here's the thing, you know, what I had that idea literally on the afternoon of the show that we were going to play in Austin that night, and there was a part of me that I'm like, you know, there are probably bands out there who might take offense to it for some reason, you know, or whatever. And I was thinking, God, what if, what if the lover boy guy, guys get pissed off about this? You know, I'm like, Oh geez, I knew they wouldn't, but you know what I mean? You just never know. And, uh, but they, you know, they took it totally as it was meant to be taken as a, as just fun and, um, and a tribute to them and just a, sure. a sign of, of how both Ario and sticks love them and appreciate what they bring to the party because it's really a three band show. I, I tell everybody who I who I can talk to, you know, the show starts at seven o'clock sharp. Be there. Get there early, you know, get yourself a beer or whatever you whatever you want and be in your seat by seven o'clock because you know it's this is a you know, it's kind of a it's it's as close to a triple headline show as you can get because Loverboy has got like you say, they've just got a ton of hits and sticks. You know, I mean, you've seen them, so you know what they do. And and they added um, 
uh, another guitar player named Will, who's I think he he produced the past two Sticks records, and yes. I think he and Tommy write together. So, so so they got another singer up there, you know. So now it's like their vocals are it's it's otherworldly when they sing. You know what I mean? It's 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 it sounds so good, and it's all live, and uh, you know, and they're just such a. I was talking to Lawrence the other day, and, and he was actually saying that because he was he was sitting in the in catering, and and I couldn't I couldn't join him because I was I was late for my vocal lesson, and he goes. Oh man, he goes. He goes. I- I'm enjoying listening to your vocal lessons through the walls. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah. He goes. He goes. I just listen along, and and now I'm get- getting to know the exercises. And uh, <laughs> so we just said, I-, I go. Well, well, Lawrence. I go. Yeah, whatever. You know. I go. But you know, I go. I got a little more wiggle room up there. You know, Ario songs. They're a little more. There's a little blues in them. There's a little more. You know, like I say, I I can play with the melodies, which I always do with sticks. Their, their stuff is precise, man. You gotta, Lawrence has to go out there and nail it, you know, like, a, like he's singing classical every night. And he, man, oh man, I'll tell you, he's got some challenging stuff to, to sing up there, and he freaking nails it. And you, he does this thing. Have you, have you, if you've seen it, have they been doing the thing where, he, where everyone else leaves the stage and he sits there and plays a classical piece for a while? Have you seen that? I, I've not seen, I've seen Ario since he's been, I'm sorry, Sticks since he's been in the band and I've had him on the show, but I've not seen him do that. I don't think. Oh man. It is. I mean, he, you know, 15,000 people, you could hear a pin drop and he just plays like some guy. I don't even know what, what, I don't know if he even plays the same piece every night, but suffice to say, and of course, you know, Tommy is a, his voice is a, uh, you know, national treasure. The whole band is just great. And, uh, you know, and we're out there doing our thing. You know, we're the we're the we're the bar band on the bill. You know, so we we just go up there and thrash around and and play the hits and have some fun and uh, you know do do the Ario Speedwagon thing that we've been doing for 50 years and uh, it all somehow works, Eddie. It all kind of fits together. And people, I think people around the country have got so much pent up desire to hear live outside rock and roll. That's why our tour is doing great. I hear that the the stadium tour is doing great. And, uh, you know, people just want that our, our era of music, they want to hear it and they want to hear it loud and live. And so it's a, it's a pretty amazing summer. Uh, Just, uh, you know, everyone needs to just be careful and stay healthy and be, you know, just be smart. So, you know, so we can uh, get past this uh, fricking pandemic. Yeah, the tour resumes for Ario Sticks and uh, Lover Boy in Virginia Beach, Virginia this Friday. Mostly East Coast stuff the rest of the way, uh, running through September 18th, ending in Bangor, Maine. So go to ariospeedwagon.com for a date, your tickets and all of that, livenation.com. And as you heard, three bands, uh, great, a ton of hits, great bill, reasonable ticket prices. No one's going to bang you for five grand to go see this. You'll have a great time. You have you have some beer money left, right, Kevin? You're not going to you're not fleecing people. Yeah. I know that's that's a that's a plus two in today's economy. <laughs> it is, Eddie, and believe me, we're we're you know our our kind of bands, you know that 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 came up 
old school, you know, playing clubs and moving on to VFW halls and, you know, whatever, you know, we have, a, a, I think, a, a, a good sense of that, a, a good sense of, of audiences. And, you know, obviously we work hard and, and we want to get we want to get paid for what we do, but we don't want to. You know, we don't need, you know, you know, we're, we're good at, at, a, at a certain level. At that point, it's like, well, wait a minute, let's keep our, just like you say, keep the ticket prices reasonable so people can go out and feel like they got more than their money's worth. You know, that that's what we always want people to feel like. Like, we, you know, we exceeded their expectations. They feel, they walk out of that concert and they feel like, they just feel great. That's, you know, that's our job and, and, and that's what we're doing. Hey, a couple other quick things, and I'll let you go. I heard that uh, a, a little uh, birdie that may or may not have been your manager, my friend Tom, and, and told me that uh, <laughs> that you're working on a book. You know what? I am working on a book, Eddie. I, I started it by accident. Uh, you know, we did a tour uh, with Status Quo in Great Britain. Status Quo, who over here you know, had pictures of matchstick men in like 1967 and then no one heard of them again. But I'm sure you know that status quo is, is a huge, uh, what they call them a boogie band over in, in, uh, in Europe and especially in great Britain. And, uh, so we toured with them and, and I started journaling just like this one, the journal about the British tour. And the next thing I knew I was writing a book. I've been at it ever since. And, uh, so you know, it's it's a uh, it's a labor of love, and it uh, keeps me busy. You know, and uh, but when I'm done with it, uh, I'll I'll definitely let you know. But I'm I'm getting close. Thanks for asking. When you when did you when did you when did REO tour with uh, Status Quo? That was recently or way back in the day? No, th- this was in 2016. We we did okay. we did a big tour with Def Leppard in the summer. And then, and I was away from home a lot. And then I, then I got home and I was home for a couple of months in the fall. And I was feeling like connected to the, to my wife and the kids. It was great. And then I had to go to, to, uh, to England for a month. And it just, I got there and I just kind of melted down a little bit. And, and so journaling for me, you know, I like to write, whether it's, you know, songs or, or, you know, blogs for, for our, you know, social media pages or whatever. I just like to write. It's, it's, kind of my hobby so uh yeah so i've been uh, it's kind of my hobby and maybe someday it'll actually <laughs> be released so so do you so when the book is done it, it will it be pretty much like your story like an autobiography or is it more just about uh, the recent years on the road well the, no the, the working title is uh, roll with the changes and then in small print, my life within and without Ario Speedwagon. So it's my it's my life story, kind of told, you know, through the songs. You know, the the, the songs kind of go along with the story. So and it's Ario's story. Uh, you know, I think I think fans of our band, there's a couple of questions that that they have. You know, and and one of them is where do the songs come from? How how does that happen? So I I do my best to 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 dig into that. And also, you know, what happened between Kevin and Gary? You know, what happened between me and, and, and Gary Rittrath, who, uh, you know, who was the guy that 
found me, you know, I, I, I was a folk singer in Chicago and uh, he found me and saw something, you know, that saw something that I hadn't even seen yet. And, uh, you know, I played music man for him on an acoustic guitar. And uh, next thing I knew, I was, you know, on a plane to Champagne, joining Ario Speedwagon. And so Gary was, he was always kind of a big brother figure to me. And, and, and the fans want to know what happened, you know, in 1989, when, when, we, when we went our separate ways. So I get into that. And just, you know, fun road stories, you know, the, the famous machine gun out the door, the airplane story, uh, you know, the helicopter in the in the, the Holiday Inn parking lot story, uh, you know, <laughs> so very, very, you know, all that kind of stuff is in there, too. So it's and it's and, and you know, I try to paint, a, you know, a, a picture of a of a kid who, as I say in the book, I, uh, you know, in high school, no one would have ever mistaken me for being most likely to succeed. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a story to, to like, to let, let people know that, man, you know, it's, it's, you know, don't get down, man. You you know, whatever you are, whatever your dream is, whether it's to be a, you know, an artist or a, or a carpenter, whatever it is, you know, just put in the work, and and don't give up and you'll find your way you know that that's the underlying story to this book and so hopefully you know people can learn from my mistakes and and from from the the rare uh, good move that i made over the years well i can't wait to read it and those teasers you just threw out there sound great so when it's ready and it comes out we'll have to do a whole show because i mean i want to hear about the helicopter in the parking lot that's that that could be an hour right there as far as i'm concerned so you know uh, Eddie, you'll, you'll have to you'll you'll have to get the book i'm sorry <laughs> no I, I mean i want to read the book and then ask you about the book once it's out so we'll do that no. for sure and la- last of thing Ke- last thing kevin i do a show every year and as a listener you may have heard it where we do what i call the top rock and roll hall of fame snubs and every year I have to revise that list because the bands that I scream about for the Hall of Fame eventually get in. So, for instance, last year, right. two of the bands I screamed about was Pat Benatar and Judas Priest. Benatar, Thankfully, they're both going yep. in. Now they can come off the list. So recently, with my audience, we revised that list as we do every year. And a couple of times, a few times on these lists came up, actually sticks who you're on tour with and your band, Ario Speedwagon. And I saw your manager, Tom, recently at a Sammy Hagar show, who he also manages. And I said to Tom, I said, well, we got Pat in. I said, Sammy's already in on your roster with Van Halen. Next, it's got to be Ario. We got to start getting Ario in. I'm curious for you. Is that important to you? Is that something that you'd like to see happen? Because I think it's pretty deserved, if I'm being honest. But, you know, and, and us as fans, we obsess over this kind of stuff because we feel you know, the band's being disrespected, not being on a ballot or not being considered. Where do you land on that? Are you kind of like, hey, if it happened, great. I'm sure it doesn't keep you up nights, but where do you land on the whole Hall of Fame thing? Well, yeah, it it doesn't keep me up nights. Um, it is the, for the sake of my kids and my grandkids. You know, someday that that's what I think about. I think you know, it's like one day my my son said, "Hey, Dad, are you guys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?" He he just he, he must have just seen the show on TV, and I you know I said, "No, we're not." He goes, "How come?" You know, it's like 
oh, you know, I don't want to, I'd rather be able to answer that question. Yeah, we are, <laughs> you know, so, um, and, and obviously there's, there's, um, there, there's something nice about being in there as opposed to not being in there, you know, when you've been around as long as we have. So, Hey, if it doesn't happen, you know, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but would it be cool? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it would. And, and I think anybody, I don't know, this is just my opinion, but anybody who kind of says, Oh yeah, you know, we don't give, we don't care. It doesn't mean anything. I think, I think probably, um, a lot of those people change their tune once they get in. And they, cause I hear that from people that they're like, ah, I don't care. And then all of a sudden they get in and they go, you know what? This is pretty cool being in, you know what I mean? So uh, I was really happy for, for Pat and spider to get in. Uh, and, uh, and, and spider did promise that, that, that he, now that he's a voting member, that he'll be voting for us next year. So we got one vote that we got you. That's two. You got Daniel it. He'll probably vote for us. That's three. So, but know, wait, but wait, a Spider, wait, Sp- Spider and Pat, because of course, uh, uh, Spider is going in deservedly with Pat as as he should, but but that's two because I mean he should be able to, now but, Pat's going to have a vote too, so he so that so we're going to get a landslide for Ario going in this thing finally, nice. but 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 if you think nice. about it, if you think about it, Kevin, there is no doubt an inherent bias from the Hall of Fame about bands like REO Speedwagon and others, because look at who's not there besides REO, all of which have a ton of hits and sold millions of records. REO, Styx, Foreigner, Boston. There's a kind of a theme there, don't you think, of those? I mean, the theme is all of the bands are great and sold billions of records that still get played on the radio every day, but for whatever reason, there seems to be a disconnect with that breed and the Hall of Fame to the point that Journey only went in recently. And I mean, that's insane. So maybe there's progress. Pat and Spider getting there. Journey got there recently. And I'm hoping that opens the door for you and some of those bands I mentioned. Yeah. You know, when I think about it, Eddie, you know, I, you know, we're, we're very close to the guys in Cheap Trick. And I was real happy for them when they got in. And, yeah. and you know, and the, the, I think part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing is, what um what your what your legacy is and 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 did you did you carve out a niche in 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 the world of music through your band you know and and i think that and this is just my opinion but i think reo speedwagon gets lumped in to a you know to because people used to uh you know the press used to refer to, to to the bands like the ones you just mentioned as being corporate rock Yes, and, and, and I, I'm glad. That, real quick, Kevin, that, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that yeah. because that makes me nuts. Because I don't even understand what it means. But it's kind of a condescending term to, to me. What it means is bands that sold billions of records that still draw people and still get played. But like, I don't understand what that even means. And I've heard that as a derogatory term to that era so many times. Can you elaborate? Do you even understand that? I think I think there's a misconception. It, 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 I could I can speak for my band because I know how we operate, and I think there's a misconception that certain bands who sold a lot of records somehow, you know, made a deal with the devil, you know, and 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 somehow <laughs> sold out to to corporations and made music that that all they cared about was to sell records. 
And, and I, I can tell you that I, I don't know any band that operates that way. You know, our band, you know, we, we played, it, it took 10 albums before and before anyone really heard our songs on the radio. And, oh, yeah. and, and our songs just, I mean, I, mean, I, I write, I, I started out as a folk singer, like I said, so I just, I just write songs and, you know, and, and then, you know, when you, when you go in the studio, uh, uh, you know, you, you want to, you, you're, you're making a record because you want to share your music with people. So you want to do it in a, in a, you know, you want to put the song, you want to produce the song in a way that, that hopefully people can, people will hear it. But, um, you know, for us, I think, I think the key was that, uh, that REO was a, was, was a, they, they, they were more like deep purple when they first started. And then when I joined the band, I brought in kind of a Buffalo Springfield, you know, kind of a, kind of a folk rock thing. And so Ariel kind of, we, so it's kind of turned into what I call hard folk rock. You know, it's like folk rock, but with rich rats guitar screaming, you know, and, and, and this powerful rhythm section and, and, uh, you know, so yeah, that, that whole corporate rock thing, I think I agree with you. I think it's a term of condescension. It, it's a way, it's a, it's a way for, for someone that just for, for whatever reason d- didn't like those records to kind of justify th- their dislike by, by characterizing it as being kind of sellout music. And that's just, and I, that's not what we did. We just, you know, we, we were producing our own records at that point. We were just going in the studio by the seat of our pants and, you know, hoping for the best, you know? So, and then, and, and, I, and I will say that we got really lucky because when I brought keep, I'm loving you into rehearsal, I, I sat at the piano over at SIR studios in Santa Monica and I was playing the verses. I hadn't written the chorus yet. I kept playing them over and over and over again. The band was like sitting around and, uh, you know, and then I, then the chorus came to me and I started playing that and Rich Rath got up, plugged in, you know, a curly uh, guitar chord from his less vintage Les Paul into a stack of Marshalls. And to this day, I'm not sure whether he was playing along or just trying to drown me out. So I would stop playing that song. But, but when, when I heard his guitar, on that chorus of that song, I just, I stood, my, my, my arm here just stood up and I went, Oh shit, this is, this is a, a kind of a soft, moody, kind of a emotional uh, lyric and melody here. But with that guitar, it was just like, Oh my God, that's exactly what the song needed to just deliver it powerfully. And then, and people, people heard that and they liked it, you know? So what can I tell you? And uh, maybe one of the first ever true power ballads, you know, I mean, uh, there there obviously were ballads prior to that. But I mean, th- that's always been one of my favorite things is the marriage of 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 nasty, loud guitar with beautiful melody and vocal. And uh, that that song encapsulates that. So in a way, I mean, really one of the earliest what would come after as that may have spawned what came a few years after with that whole MTV movement and every hard rock band in the world, making a power ballad and making it be the lead single and making it be a big track from the record. And we all know how well so many of those bands uh, in the, in the hard rock world did with that. But in a lot of ways, I think you set a blueprint with that, with keep on loving you. Yeah. Well, you know, like I say, it was a happy accident for us and, you know, it's got that little naughty lyric. I don't want to sleep. I just want to, you know what I mean? So there was just a couple of, it was just a, one of those, you know, you know I, I write a million songs and then, you know, every once in a while one just comes along and, 
And, and to be honest, when I, I wrote those verses in the middle of the night. You know, I was, kind of, I was barely awake. And, but when I wrote them, Eddie, I, I had a feeling, you know, just because I'd, you know, I'd been making records for, for 10 years by then. I just, something inside me said, wow, this, there's something special here, you know. And I think maybe it was the, the honesty of it and the fact that, that I, you know, I, you know the, 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 those verses have got, you know, people, people use Keep on Loving You as their wedding song. And whenever I hear that, I go, I think to myself, man, did you guys read the lyrics? Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> That's very true. I've thought about that too. The, the chorus is one thing. The verse is something else. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. But, but, but that was my journey. You know, I mean, what, what I experienced that, 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 that brought those verses on, you know, then I made the, the, the decision, you know, it was either, I was either going to stay or go out of the relationship and I made the decision to stay. And that's when the chorus came. So it was just like, you know, it, you know, it's definitely a life imitating or art. I don't know, whatever that saying is. So, yeah, life imitating, imitating art. Yeah. But that's hysterical, man. And I'll, I'll let you go. I appreciate your time, but that's hysterical because you're right. That song is a wedding song. And if you listen to those verses, that's not the one you, what you want to start your, your wedding journey on. Kevin, you might have to do a rewrite of it or just, just, just go in and edit the song. And just so it keeps looping the chorus or something, because people may not realize what they're playing there. <laughs> All coiled up in the grass, hissing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God, that's too funny. Well, you know, and, and <laughs> anyway, man, listen, it's uh, always great to visit with you, Kevin, and uh, I appreciate the time. Everybody, go to reospeedwagon.com, livenation.com, get your tickets. Reo sticks co-headlining, Lover Boy supporting, and the dates resume this coming. Friday, and you can find a date near you online. Hope to get out there and see you myself soon, Kevin, and uh, send my best to the guys. Thank you so much. Will do, Eddie. Best of luck with the news channel, and I will figure out how to reprogram my car eventually, hopefully <laughs> sometime this week. That That's going to be my journey between now and when the tour starts again. All right. I got some. All right. To yeah, there you go. All right, man. Thank you so much. Right. I'll talk to you All soon. Right. Take care. Safe travels. You got it. All right, Eddie. Bye. Great stuff from Kevin. Hysterical story about Keep On Loving You. So many people uh, don't realize some of the lyrics in that song and using it for a wedding song and stuff. Uh, that was priceless. All right, we got another great interview for you. It's another front man from another band that's currently on tour this summer. That band would be Poison. That lead singer would be, would be Brett Michaels. Brett and I have a long, old friendship and history, and it was great to visit with him. He took a few minutes out from a day off from the stadium tour when they were on a break to call into my radio show, Trunk Nation. And here's that conversation. How are you, my friend? Eddie, my friend, I am doing awesome. How are you doing today? I'm good. You know, I just saw some video of you on TikTok that apparently in addition to all your work fronting your solo band and poison that you also fix a mean RV. I can fit. Let me tell you something. You have any kind of vehicle uh, vehicular problems? Give me a call. I was laughing so hard because Pete came around the corner and I was underneath there, and I was damn determined that this family truckster was gonna—I uh, was gonna have full support underneath there uh, for for the storage. And you were—you uh, were really getting your Pennsylvania on, working on an RV in the heat, weren't you? <laughs> Yin's, Yin's up there working on that, are you? <laughs> 
that's the most Pennsylvania I was. I was laughing to go, Pete, you're laughing at me. Why don't you get in here and help me do this? It was great. Are you good but like you, that? Are you, are you the kind of guy that can fix anything? Because I can't, I can't put a light bulb in, but are you good like that? Honestly, this is how sad is this? But yes, when you live uh, behind a dry cleaner for three, three years struggling in L.A., and when I say struggling, I mean, we, I'm talking about sleeping bag, battling cockroaches, building your own area to sleep in. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly handy, oddly enough. I, I even did that show, Rock My RV, yeah. uh, and it was, we had an incredibly great time building them out. It was awesome. So, you know, it, it's too bad you didn't know how to fix an airplane because last week I was waiting to see you in Vegas at a private gig you were doing, and I get to the gig at 7.30. You guys were supposed to play at 8. I said to Pete, where's Brett? He's on the ground in Kansas City. <laughs> so we, This is no lie. He was only off by a little bit. We, we left from Kansas City, right? And we got up in the plane, and we had, we're just going to leave it at this, a little, uh, a little problem. And uh, luckily, Jesse has been flying forever, and he is incredible. And he turned that thing around, and we were right over Wichita. And I want to do a big shout-out to them. They got that on the ground and started to fix it. And luckily, a friend of ours had a, a, the availability to bring almost the identical Ultra up. And we made it late that night. And full credit, full credit to you and to Pete, Pete. You inspired him. He went up and played for this private event. They did two sets. They were friends of ours, and we threw. They threw a hell of a party. I got there at eleven, walked on stage, and we just went till till early in the morning. Yeah, no, it was a great time, and I, I, I'm sorry I had my son with me, so I would have hung out to to see you. But uh, I I I saw Pete go up and do it, and yeah, it was like a a boxer getting ready to go into the into the ring he's like brett's not here we got to run through songs i'm like you got this pete you'll be able to do it and you got such a great solo band that they went up there and they killed it i watched like six songs they did it was amazing and and like i said this was a friend of ours that throws these little private parties it was something we were doing and honestly i'm again i go back to this i've been blessed to have great people around me great friends but also really talented musicians they went up there and you inspired him you said eddie fired me up and i went up there had a few shots we'll leave it at that <laughs> and he and and him and the band went at it and i told him look have a great time grace of god i'm still here on the planet everything worked out right and we got there did the show and flew right back uh to perform again with poison the next day you know, you weren't there, but Pete said something really funny because you've got these backdrops that are photos of you up on the stage. And when Pete came out, he said, clearly, I'm not Brett Michaels. He said, but just stare at the pictures and you can pretend he's here until he gets here. You need a Brett hologram. He does. He's also a comedian. Uh, his yeah. side work as a, a full time musician and comedian. It's amazing. He does great. And of course, we're talking about Pete Evick, who is uh, Brett's longtime guitarist and a friend and uh, is, uh, also can sing great and went up there and covered while Brett was dealing with those plane issues trying to get to Vegas about a week ago. All right, bud. So let me ask you about this, man. I got to tell you, and I'm being totally straight with you, and I mentioned this to you when I spoke to you on the phone last week, w since the stadium tour started, of course, everybody's loving all the bands. Truly, they are. But the one band that I have more people calling in who are of people who went to these shows that are walking out of there saying, 
wow, I was blown away, or wow, I, I didn't even go in as a big fan, but I came out as one, is Poison. Tell me how this whole experience has been for you on this tour. I know a second leg coming up, first leg in the books. How has it felt for you to be reconnected with the guys in Poison? You guys don't play all that often. And to be out there getting the response you're getting. Well, well, first of all, to those that called in and said that, thank you. And the fans coming out, we, it starts with this. Uh, I'm doing a whole pictorial on this. There's a whole big story that rolls out before the two nights we kick off in Fenway uh, this coming up weekend. And there's a whole big pictorial we're doing about this and about my gratitude. I just said, look, I can only speak from the feeling I have. And, and when I come out on that stage, I am beyond excited. I've got this incredible, let's call it unique, positive energy to also not just sing the songs, but tell the fans how grateful we are. And the first words out of my mouth are, we didn't get here alone. It's, it's the best statement ever. The, the fans, the bands, the crew. And then, again, I want to I go back to this. The the fact that we get to share that stage with people that I admire, I love, I would have bought a ticket to this, as I said many times. If I wasn't on this bill, I would have bought a ticket to the stadium tour. And, you know, to be up there with Def Leppard and Motley Crue, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts and this new incredible rock band, Classless Act. Honestly, I say this, it's, it's the best time of my life. I, I always, always have a great time. And we have a bunch of solo dates I do in between these at these festivals. But honestly, everyone out there, that crew, I I need to tell the fans this. They are moving, Jamie and everyone out there that is doing this, they're moving an entire city. And think about this, a band ends, they're moving all of that gear off, getting the next band up, and to make sure that in the end what matters is the fans have a great time. Well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of things, and I've not seen a show yet, but I look forward to catching one. But I think there's a lot of things that are working towards Poison's favor in this. You've got a great slot in the middle of the day where people are still very fresh and energetic and excited to be there. But the other thing is Poison, and I mean this in a good way, you guys are kind of like locusts where you show up every five years and then go underground again. So I think a lot of of bands actually overplay where it's like once or twice a year it's like oh i can see them again and i see them again but for you guys it truly is special when you all unite and come together and i think that comes into play a little bit as well one million percent here's why remember we grew up again i could go into this over and over but it's the truth we grew up in a really small town and then we had the uh, the chance to meet cc is from new york but he moved out to la we rehearsed and, and that's part of this pictorial I'm doing this upcoming week. It's really personal photos. As I said, it all starts right here. We go back into a small rehearsal room and, and play nothing but good old-fashioned live rock and roll. And our friendship, that energy, all works. It's an incredible – we get on that stage. And then to add to your point, again, for Poison – I'm telling people, get out and see this because it'll be a couple years again, more than likely reunite in 25 and go back out there and just kick ass again and have a great time. And it's it's exciting and and people get to see it. But here's the bottom line. We're four original members that all want to be there. That's all I can tell you. The other bands Every one of them wants to be there. They're putting on a great show. They're, they, each of us has a unique identity. 
And you're right. We get to play. People just got there. The buildings. I think what Live Nation was surprised about is the buildings are 90 to 100 percent filled when poison's hitting the stage and they're getting that first beer. You know, you're into your first or second beer. It's a good summer feel. And we're bringing out a good party. I mean, we're starting with cat dragged in, ride the wind, talk dirty to me, and then just hit them with hits for, uh, for 55 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I got so much respect for the fact that, yes, you guys are still the original band. You play totally live and real. You got Will Dowdy over there helping you out that does a great job, which is awesome. But for you guys still just you know plugging in and playing and really singing live, it's awesome. And I think it's great. Now, you mentioned people might not see Poison until 25 again after this. That's three years from now. Is there a is there a plan for you? I mean, I know you work relentlessly with the solo stuff, but do, is there a is there a, a definite schedule in place for for what's going to happen over the next two and a half years? Well, again, for me, next year I put it off this year because we didn't know this year if the again with everything going on in the world, we didn't know if the stadium tour was going to go. I I prayed every day. I'm like, I hope this goes. I've been waiting since twenty. First words out of my mouth, besides thanking the fans and the bands and the crew, I go, I've been waiting two, almost three years for this. We announced the stadium tour. But for me, this year, we were going to do the Party Grawl tour. I put together something incredible, and now we're going to launch that in 23. And when I tell you what this is and the way we've designed it with everybody, it's an incredible amphitheater tour that's just going to be Again, I think it's going to be insane and going to be what we call it the all-thriller, no-filler summer party. And you'll know what I mean when it hits the stage. It's it's really an exciting idea. Now, this is your own band or Poison that would do this? Well, it would be – no, this would be my own band in, in 23. Okay. And then okay. again, I don't – I just saying in 25 is probably when Poison will put a humongous world tour together and go back out and be incredible – and it, it'll be awesome. In 23, right now, I moved in 22. Again, I want to explain my party grawl, uh, this entire amphitheater thing we're doing in festival. We just, we, as soon as we knew we were doing a stadium tour, we moved that um, to 23 and we got to do the stadium tour, which is incredible. And the Poison standalone shows, like we're going to do with you in Tulsa on, I yep. believe, Saturday, August 20th. Yep, that's going to be insane. And again, we get to play a lot longer and put a lot more songs in the set. Yeah, I wanted to mention that I'm going to be hosting a show with Poison, also on the bill. It's a great bill. Tom Kiefer, L.A. Guns, and again, that's August 20th, which is a Saturday, and that'll happen at the BOK Center, which is a great arena in downtown Tulsa. I was there for the first time hosting a Megadeth show a few months ago. My buddy Doug Burgess is the promoter. Always puts on a great party and. Uh, that's going to be a Poison headline show. Those tickets are on sale now and almost sold out. And, Brett, have you – I know you've broken off and done a bunch of solo stuff on on off nights of the stadium tour, but outside of this Tulsa show on the 20th, are there many other Poison headline dates or no? There is. And I, and I tell everybody, just go to brettmichaels.com or poison.com uh, and just – Uh, What I want to tell people is it gives you the great thing about unbelievable, great thing about the Internet and social media. You can literally watch stuff, hear stuff, know stuff almost in real time, you know, and I just tell people just go to BrettMichaels.com or Poison.com and check it out. And um, 
and they can get all that information, whether they're interested in the, the outstanding uh, poison shows or whether they want to check out the, uh, the, the Brett Michaels party girl that's going to be, we have a few of those select dates till the end of the year, but the big thing kicks off in 23. Do you, and, can you, can you tell us who else will be on party gras or you're not ready I, to do that yet? I, no, we know. We just don't want to say it yet. You, when you see the concept I wrote up, I think, I think people, it's just a great, it's like I said, it's a, it's a all, all thriller, no filler, all original singer, nothing but hits that just is going to roll. It's it, it's going to be it truly when they use the words nothing but a good vibe or nothing but a good time. It is it is going to be that kind of night. And we're only going to p- pick select dates in all the um, amphitheaters, Live Nation amphitheaters, and then take it out to the festivals and everything along with it. Let me ask you this. How... Another thing that I'm catching from people who have seen Poison on the stadium tour is how how great the vibe is up there and all of that. Now, we all know that over the decades, it's not always been like that with the four of you. You've dodged a bass from Bobby on stage in the past and what have you. Um, how is the vibe, uh, in, you know, backstage and on stage for you and the four of the four of you? Is everybody clicking? Absolutely great. And you ready, Eddie? I know, I know the fans are like, dude, you've talked, I've talked about this before. We get along 90 nine percent of the time funny laughing working out stuff for rehearsal going through stuff unfortunately when us with us we're like brothers when it's like stepbrothers with the the nick and the stick you know what i mean (laughs) if you see that hey you touch my drum like it's when it goes bad we don't know how to go in the middle we don't negotiate the bad (laughs) we go straight to fist straight to chest it's the chest bump fist words knock down drag out i mean me and bobby didn't mess around me and cc didn't mess around me and ricky have had some ridiculous i mean almost knock down drag out brawls and then an hour later we're like you cool oh i'm cool let's go grab something to drink and we work out the set and go on like brothers do but the vibe the truth is that vibe when we hit the stage as you know you can't fake having a good time you know when I'm, you you can see when people are trying to go through the motions we're definitely having a good time and i spend every minute saying ladies and gentlemen cc bobby ricky you know and ricky being out there we've me and him have both had some pretty uh heavy different medical things yeah um and ricky's out there kicking butt uh not only surviving but thriving from cancer and Myself, I had a rough go, uh, and out of that, really, what I should have been down for about two weeks, I missed one show in Nashville, and that was the biggest upset for me because I love Nashville. I live there forever, have a beautiful ranch there, and the truth of the matter is I was bummed, but as that show was taking place, I was on uh, an IV and uh, some other stuff I won't go into, but uh, just fixing up the diabetes and some other things were going on and I felt really bummed out. I apologize to the Nashville fans profusely, but had I not stayed in the hospital, we would have been pulling out of the last two weeks of the tour. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because that was um, well-documented when that happened and there's nothing more important than your health. And of course, although we all feel like kids still, 
nobody, or none of us are kids anymore. No, nobody on that tour, certainly either, except for Classless Act. <laughs> they are yeah, kids, yeah. but outside of they, the, the they, main four acts. Like they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but so you're okay, though. That's all behind you, I, and that was just a setback from your diabetic stuff. I'm definitely, I just got checked on this little moment of the break because I had a couple solo shows, festivals, um, and the, the honest to God truth is I'm feeling 90% better and I'm hoping by Boston, I'm right there. And I, I still came out on that stage and that heat, let me tell you something. The, I was in, we went to St. Louis. It was 103, um, 109 up at the front of the ramp. And, and the way I was feeling, I, I just, I gave it every, I left every bit of energy I had out there, but thanks to good medical attention and, and uh, in my case, grace of God and, and a lot of well wishes, it really got me through it. And Jacksonville, I'm going to tell you something, that crowd was insane and it was pouring rain. And Eddie, the best thing that happened to me was it was, it got slightly cold and poured rain. And I just, I was like, oh, this feels amazing. Mm. Actually, I embraced the rain. I know that sounds, that sounds funny, but when, sometimes when that weather turned, I was like, oh, this feels great. And I just stood out there and the, and the, the rain was cold on a hot night and it felt good. Just a couple more things and I'll let you go, brother. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, new music, whether with the solo band or with Poison. It's been a long time since Poison made new music, new song, new album. Uh, it, I, I had Ricky, you know, Ricky called in a couple weeks ago because he heard us talking about Poison and he was just checking in. It was very nice of him. And he said, you know, I'd love to do more. I'd love to do a new record. I'd love to, uh, you know, be more active with Poison. I just don't know. Is there a side for you, Brett, that could ever see poison we know leopards out there they're, they're the one band on this tour that's promoting a new record is there a side to you that would like to make new music with poison at any point i make new music every day like now as we're talking just finishing up stuff with pete that we're working on every day and yes without a doubt here's what i would do with poison we i'm having this openly because we've had this discussion if we could all just pick out one just one good song, make it amazing, make it fun to like you're seeing on the stadium tour. What happens when you go in there and say, put together 12 songs and everyone, you know, starts this, or I want it to be that, or let's just go in and make a really great rock song, a really good new, when I say this new version of nothing but a good time, a new uh, talk dirty to me or cat dragged in and come out with the only expectation that it's just a great new song to play. I think we would have a blast doing it. And I know that with the songwriting of CC and Bobby, Ricky, and myself, we would write a good song. And then we just go out and, and have an amazing time playing that uh, when we go out and do stuff in 20, hopefully in 25. And last thing, and I'll let you go on this. This is August 1st, 2022. Training camps are open. Uh, how are you feeling about your Pittsburgh Steelers now that the camps have started? I feel great. I'm just, you know me, that's a loaded question. Cause I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, you got to believe it to receive it guy. I got to believe that this is the beginning of a new air. Uh, a friend of mine, that's a minority owner in the Steelers and good, a neighbor. Um, and they changed over Heinz field. Everything's the beginning. Ben 
was amazing. I mean, he's an instant Hall of Famer and an incredible, incredible human being for the city and everything. But, yeah, I, I feel we, again, I, I got to believe, knowing training camp, looking at everything, I think we're going to kick ass. You know, that's the beauty of the start of a new season for the sport, for sports because we're all winning the Super Bowl. In August, we're all winning this. I feel like Everybody my Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm eternally <laughs> optimistic. <laughs> that's you and me. We've talked about this over at an Irish pub over many a drink. Yeah. I'm eternally optimistic that we are going to the Super Bowl, and even if we're down in the season without a chance, I still believe out of some wild card miracle – we're going to the bowl. That's it. I mean, even, I mean, and that, that by its nature is really what being a fan is, right? Always having that belief and pulling for your team through thick and thin. That's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. Which let me say this, I'm going to segue. I'm going to jump for a moment to the next thing. I want to make sure that the fans understand the gratitude I have, not, not just for my solo band and my good buddies. And when I say solo band, it's not a side project. I, I live for this and I love it. But for Pete and everybody in the band and Rob and Norman and, you know, Proud Mary, I love them. But I also want to make sure that, and this includes Will, who's our keyboard player and incredible background vocals. Uh, I want to make sure that, that Bobby and Ricky and Cece, they understand how grateful I am. I've got great friends we've been through a lot together and here we are this many years later getting to rock a stadium and share the stage with people i love but last but not least the definitely most important the fans they need to know this i have a whole thing called fan appreciation matters it's called welcome to the fam and i can't explain enough when i'm out there down on my knees smacking hands doing all that stuff it's it's really a true, sincere thank you for letting me live out my dream, and we can't do it without the fans. So uh, thank you and thank them. Well, it's definitely resonating because the fans are picking up on it, and they're loving it, and they're loving seeing Poison out there. And, of course, people wanting to go see your solo band, plenty of opportunities for that as well. Go to brettmichaels.com, and that's where you'll find all your information on everything uh, Brett's got going on from his books to TV stuff. I know – there's an A&E doc coming soon. There are the solo shows, the Poison headline dates. I'll see you at the one on uh, in Tulsa, again, August 20th at the BOK. And the stadium tour resuming in Boston this coming weekend. So a lot of stuff going on, man. Get your rest in there too, buddy. We need to keep you healthy. Nuts to that. I'm going to shoot this <laughs> A&E doc. I got to shoot that. And then don't forget in Practical Jokers. I got I got a gag with them. You are I'm not going to say another word. Don't kick me off. Oh, the I show. didn't know about this. You have so, you oh, have a spot in that show. I had him, all my buddies. I had him up on stage with us in Cincinnati. If the fans get a chance, just check out again brettmichaels.com. You see you see Murr up there. You see Q Sal couldn't be there. I just want to say the fans went crazy, and I've done the show once. We're about to do something off the record crazy again that I'm not supposed to mention, but I just did. So hopefully I'm still on it and it's uh, I'll leave it at that. Well, you know, those guys are New York guys. It's funny. I don't know them, but I have seen their show and it's great you, stuff. So I'm going to take you with me. You're going to love it. You're going to come down today. <laughs> You're coming with me. 
It sounds like a plan. Well, listen, buddy, I'll see you sooner than that. I'll see you in Tulsa on the 20th at the BOK. And then I'm definitely going to try to hit a stadium show. Um, I think I might do the last one, which is where my second home is now in Vegas. So I I hope to make that at Allegiant. I was just in Vegas the last three weeks. There's posters up all over the city for it. So I think that's the one I'm going to shoot for. But I'll be seeing you in Tulsa in a few weeks. And uh, stay healthy. That's most important. And keep kicking ass out there. Hey, thank you so much. I'll see you then in Tulsa. I just, I'll, I'll, I'll final leave you at this one. Ready? The Tulsa show, I encourage fans. I mean, I know the show's almost sold out, but that that show in the BOK, it is an incredible poison. We really it's still given a thousand percent effort into the audio visual party we're about to put on and encourage people, any of those standalone shows, see them because they're great. Yeah, it's a great chance to see, like like you said earlier, a little bit longer set, headline set, and uh, hopefully more of those to come as well. All right, man. Well, listen, and, yep. safe travels out there, okay? And if you need anything, you know where to get me. Love you, my brother. Have a great day. Love you too, man. Take care. Say hi to the guys. You know. Big thanks to Brett Michaels. Always great to visit with him. We will see what Party Grab turns into as more information comes out on that. Of course, Poison currently... On the stadium tour, a few more dates left on that in the U.S., so hopefully you'll get a chance to see it. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about Poison's performances during this tour. And thanks earlier, of course, to Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon, who joined us earlier in the podcast. Again, everything you just heard originated live on my SiriusXM radio show, Trunk Nation. Remember, that's at a new time on a new channel. The channel is Faction Talk 103, and the time is 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern daily. Everything is on demand on the app as well. Go to the SiriusXM app and put in Trunk Nation. It will all come up. If you're in the U.S. and Canada and you are not already listening daily on SiriusXM to Trunk Nation, I truly hope you come on board and join us and subscribe. Another podcast for you next Thursday. See you this weekend in Tulsa and Tennessee. If you're attending those events I mentioned earlier, at Eddie Trunk on social media to keep up with everything going on. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing the podcast and the radio show. And I'll see you next Thursday here for another podcast. And of course, hopefully every day for Trunk Nation on Sirius XM 103. Faction Talk, again, new time, starting 3 o'clock Eastern live every day. Have a good week, everybody.